0: In the quiet town of Eastwick where
1: nothing ever changes three beautiful women are about to discover powers they never dreamed they had
2: who should we be looking for He should be really handsome nice eyes
0: now the man of their
1: dreams is here Jane at last we meet to stay for a spell
2: who are you? Just your average
0: horny little devil with the witches of Eastwick. We could do things you haven't any idea. You know
2: what's going on over out. She says she, she sees the devil here in Eastwick. If you were the devil, would you come to Eastwick?
0: Oh, I don't know. Are
2: you going to seduce me too?
0: women?
2: A mistake?
0: Or did he do it to
2: us on purpose?
0: (laughs) Jack Nicholson, Cher, Susan Sarandon, Michelle Pfeiffer. The Witches of Eastwick. Hocus pocus.
3: Hello. Hi. We're back again. We're back. Listeners. Everybody. Episode 51. Episode 51. Thanks for coming back. Mm. Thanks for joining us. Everybody listening. You all know it. My name's Pete. And I'm
4: Scott. And, and these, these are, the are the movies that, movies that, made, that made us made gay. Us gay. Yay. Welcome back to the show.
3: Welcome back to the show. Oh Had boy. another fun one. Oh
4: boy, Pete. We did a movie that I have been excited to do for a while. Yes, you have. This is a movie that I was obsessed with as a kid. And before we get too into it, we have to introduce our guests that we watched this movie with. Well, we didn't actually watch it with them. We watched (laughs) it with them in spirit. Yes. It's a podcast a podcast crossover. crossover, We had Paul and Erica from that aged well. Yay. Welcome
0: to the show. Welcome to the show.
4: Oh my goodness!
3: Such
0: so applause. excited to be
4: here. This, oh, we're excited to have is you. Is this the first podcast crossover that you've
0: done? We've done a few. Oh, this is the first one we've few. done. Yeah, Good. yeah. I this like is it. like
1: those like CW shows when like the Smallville <laughs> gang joins yeah. the whatever gang.
3: Yes, indeed. This is our uh, Avengers Endgame crossover. Yeah. <laughs> I've always noticed <laughs> is, that. events. like
1: when this is like when Ali McBeal and Private Practice met up for one week to. To solve a case together.
3: I like it. It's, I like it.
1: It's
0: like that week in the 90s where all the NBC sitcoms had a blackout episode. <gasps> Remember that? Yes. <laughs>
3: <laughs> it doesn't make sense when you just watch that one episode of Friends Now and Chandler's trapped yeah, in a bank. But like, then when why? you watched it that night, it was like...
1: <laughs> <laughs> but somehow that's the only one that like survived into the 20s. Oh, yes, like, indeed. No one remembers the Seinfeld no- <laughs> blackout episode.
3: <laughs> no, not at all. What were the other what ones?
1: This sing- single guy. Uh, with
3: Jonathan Silverman. <laughs> I love the single. Yeah. guy. Yeah. <laughs> was this was I, this
4: too old for? Uh, was this too early for Suddenly Susan? Had that not been on the musty TV lineup I don't, yet? I don't remember the timing?
1: I, th- I think it was before Suddenly Susan. Yeah, because it's first so. season Friends.
4: Yeah. Oh yeah,
3: it is. Yep. He's trapped. I want
0: to say the fourth one was Frasier, and they did not participate in the crossover.
3: Oh, Lame. Come on. Well, <laughs> they, they were in Seattle. It wouldn't have made any right.
0: sense. Yeah. I was just
1: thinking that. I'm like, is it a national?
0: Park? Yeah. <laughs> It, it is an be, emergency. Oh, we should God. not
1: be having like funny conversations in a national blackout.
0: Must see
3: TV, just bringing the nation together. You know, exactly. <laughs> That's what NBC Four <laughs> did
4: at the time. <laughs> well, welcome to the show. This is welcome awesome. The show
3: our Thank movies. You. Thanks for our
2: having movies us.
4: Sometimes you. our movies do sometimes crossover. We do similar movies. Yes, yes, we is. haven't done the same movie in the same week yet. It is yes. going to happen, though. <laughs> it's going to be a big deal when we pick the same movie and the episodes drop on the same week. We'll
3: plan yeah. it. Well, it'll be mm-hmm. – yeah, it'll be uh, right. definitely on purpose with intention. Right. With intention, <laughs> as they say. So
4: we had you over to watch The Witches of Eastwick from 1987, directed by George Miller, based on the novel by John Updike. Hey. Yes. So I have a past with this movie uh, okay. do we all want to talk about when we first watched The Witches of Eastwick? Of course. Let's
3: have uh let's have our guests yes.
4: give us a little breakdown uh of your earliest memory with this
3: movie and, and your initial thoughts of when you first saw it. Uh let
1: you me want go, me to go first, Erica? Let me go first because I'm just <laughs> this, this is the saddest one. Literally today. I watched this movie today for wow.
4: the first time. It's, okay. a, it's a wild movie just to jump in. Yeah. yeah. And like,
1: All I want to do now is buy like flowing satin nightgowns and run through mansions. Yes, I need like
3: a good floor, a good ankle-length skirt with a midriff top, just in every
4: color.
1: Mm -hmm. I just want to make a a blonde friend and a redhead friend and
4: run through a mansion together. They're like the members of Twisted Sister. Sure. (sighs) Just buy Uh, some stock in balloons and and a helium machine or helium
3: tank.
1: (laughs) fantasy uh
0: i remember this movie when i when we used to go to the video store growing up okay yeah. kids a video store was where you used to have to go to get <laughs> movies if you wanted to watch them at home um and i remember the cardboard cutout for this movie uh, and it was the little tiny figure of jack nicholson in the lightning storm and then like the three women like yeah. the faces were above it and i was i guess i was 12 when this movie came out And I remember seeing that thing. It was probably like about as tall as I was (laughs) and like not understanding what it was, but just being like, who are those three women and completely ignoring Jack Nicholson, like in every way.
1: (laughs) As one should. Yeah. Yeah,
4: (laughs) Especially in this movie. Oh, we'll get into that.
1: (laughs) My
0: mother who was with me, I was like, what is this movie? And she was like, it's too old for you. You can't watch it." it. It stayed with me that I couldn't watch it. So I actually didn't watch it until I was like i don't know probably like 16 or 17 years old sure and i there are there's so much dick size and dick angle talk in this movie yeah (laughs) and it was it was a delight it really (laughs) opened some it really opened my eyes to some certain certain things yeah
3: some
1: options Yeah. (laughs) yeah
3: exactly yeah indeed um i remember uh being the same or similar age when it came out and just thinking that this movie is for grownups. Like I have no business watching this at all. And, um, I remember seeing it on VHS and actually I was just watching, um, Steven universe today because I'm a big nerd. And, uh, one of the characters showed him a, a tape and they're like, you watch this, watch this tape. And he's like, what is that? And they said, it's like a DVD, but shaped like a box. I thought, I thought it was really funny, <laughs> um, but I remember watching it on VHS. And my parents must have rented it or something, and I just snuck and watched it. And again, yes, the yeah. di- the dick, grown women talking about men's bodies to me as a kid yes. was just like what <laughs> mind blowing. Um, I remember thinking Jack Nicholson just was repulsive. In yes, this movie. <laughs> thank you. Uh, just what every, the hell? Everything about him from, like, the tiny ponytail, the crazy shoulder pads, like... Uh-huh.
1: He just looked greasy. He just looked like oily. Like, if you touched his face, yes. it would just, like, grease on your fingers. Yes,
3: yes. Not just the hair, but the face, everything. Yeah. Um, this movie is grotesque in many ways. There are awful sound effects oh, throughout... Yes. <laughs> there's like some sound effect work that will make your stomach turn. It is not for the weak of heart. Um, But that being said, my mother was a huge Cher fan. Um, Good woman. Yeah. (laughs) So I had had that just ingrained that like Cher is awesome. She can do no wrong, you know? So I had that going for me. I liked Michelle Pfeiffer and I feel like, I'm wondering if we didn't see this until a couple of years later, because I am tr- i don't know if I'm mixing up my memories of loving her from Catwoman, mm. or if I just saw her in this and was just obsessed with that face, you know? Yeah. I mean, cold sore aside, her Congra- face in this movie. Congratulations <laughs> on that face.
0: <laughs> we have to talk
3: about that. We have
0: I, to talk I about I am very confused. The
3: cold sore. There are so many questions about this cold sore. I mean... <laughs> Is it a choice? Who knows? We'll we'll get there. But yeah, I remember being just a kid and thinking the women were beautiful, the men were awful and disgusting. And Mm -hmm. I remember thinking, okay, it's the witches of Eastwick, and then thinking to myself, but were they witches? (laughs) (laughs) The mythology is so screwy. Did I mean (laughs) what's happening? They did magic things and their women. And they mm-hmm. used kind of used their power together, but how much of their power was coming from
1: him? Like were Like presumably they've known each other for twenty years. Right. Why did like it suddenly kick in? Yeah. That they suddenly yeah, have power. That is something
4: that the book goes into a little more and I have read the book. Oh well. Wow. Okay. Oh, so the, Mr. Smarty Pants here. Poindexter. So my so my background with this movie, I think I remember watching this when I was probably around 12. I yeah. think that this was just a movie that my parents just rented. It's just like seven videos for $7 at, at the local video store and Witches <laughs> of Eastwick was in it. And of course, I was familiar with Michelle Pfeiffer and Cher and Susan Sarandon. Yeah. And I was just really excited to watch it. And then I did watch it. I don't remember if I watched it with my mom or if I watched it by myself. I do not remember. (laughs) Which is funny when you look back now. It's like this movie is not for children at all. No. No. But I remember watching it and just being fucking obsessed with it. Yeah. Like I loved it. It was one of my favorite movies as a kid. And then we had it at my grandparents' house on Laserdisc. And I used to watch the Laserdisc a lot. I still to this day know where you had to... Turn the disc. It was after the cello lesson with Susan and Jack. <laughs> okay. That's where you had to flip it. The but, sexy cello lesson. But yeah, I just remember just being fascinated with it. And I think that my fascination with it was is that this is an adult movie. This is yes. a movie about adult problems. Yeah. Yeah. And just twelve year old Scott was just very fascinated with these like divorces. All of them has a different backstory. They're just kind of starting over with each other. I really like that angle. And yeah, I don't think I had a lot of interest in Jack Nicholson's character, but I just watched it just for them, just for what they wore, just how their Mm -hmm. hair looked like. (laughs) I just wanted to be each and every one of them. They all just had these really cool qualities about them. And also, like uh, Pete's background, I remember my mom really liking Cher also. So this yeah. was my introduction to Cher. wasn't really Cher the musician; it was Cher the mu- it was Share the movie star. That, yeah. So it was this Moonstruck, Mask, and Mermaids.
1: I oh, watched, Mermaids! I, I watch
4: Mermaids on repeat. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I I have Mermaids memorized.
4: I <laughs> love that. So yeah, and it's one of those movies that when I revisit this movie now, I'm just like, damn, it's just like this movie is a lot. And it is a lot. What did, like, 13-year-old <laughs> Scott think of all of this?
1: Did, did you get, when you were 13, that they were having, like, a a, a menage a quatre? <laughs> oh, of <laughs> course. <laughs> did you understand did, what that was I think, when you were a kid? I think
4: this probably introduced me to just the idea of just swinger couples and threesomes <laughs> also. Group sex yeah. and just, like, dick talk. Like, women having gal time and, and talking like the guys.
0: It was definitely one of the first times I heard the word dildo. Yes.
4: <laughs> yes.
3: <laughs> oh Veronica Cartwright. She gets such a raw deal in this movie.
1: She's oh, but so she's brilliant. So good.
3: She is. She's so good. I-
1: I actually don't think she gets a raw deal. Okay. I think she steals the movie. <laughs> Honestly. If they made so this today, Tony
4: Collette
0: would play that role. Yes. Oh my God. Yes, for sure. And
4: it's one of those things that I'm kind of surprised looking back now that how did Veronica Cartwright just not walk away with like the Oscar and Golden Globe? It's like, how yeah. did they not push that performance more?
3: It was a genre movie.
4: But it got in for score. Really great score by John Williams and sound. Yeah. They couldn't just slip that performance in on the ballot somewhere.
2: Snowy egrets.
0: Where will they
3: nest? Where will the snowy egrets nest, you guys?
0: (laughs) I forgot that part. And I actually looked up. I'm like, are snowy egrets native to Rhode Island? They are. Oh.
1: (laughs) Look at but you was, doing research.
0: But I was like, I grew up like kind of. I grew up in the northeast, like the Rhode Island area, kind of. Sure. And I was like, I don't remember any snowy egrets. growing up. <laughs> <laughs> it was Bullshit. That's what's
4: sticking in your craw about this movie.
3: So,
0: yeah. And that how was they, by
4: sticking. And play. how they talk about the mansion—is it just sitting there vacant? That just just snowy egrets have just overtaken this gigantic <laughs> property. <laughs> There's so much land. This
3: mansion is Have you guys huge. seen this
4: mansion in other movies? Because it's photographed a lot. Uh, I don't know. It I was,
1: looked it up. It's like it's in Massachusetts.
4: Yeah. It was last seen it? in Little Women. The new one.
1: Oh. That's right. Yeah. It's That's that shot right. of Florence
4: Pugh sitting waiting for the carriage.
1: Uh, there's also some interiors from Greystone Mansion, a.k.a. the school from Gilmore Girls. Oh.
3: Um, oh. oh. Okay, yeah, I, I figured recognize some of those okay, I figured that it was just kind of a cut and paste job of like they built the pool, they used the outs the exterior mostly for you know for all those crazy exterior shots that tennis game, oh my God,
0: okay, <laughs> on our podcast, I have talked a lot about actors who can't play basketball playing basketball, and how bonkers it makes me. <laughs> I would like to make an addendum publicly on this podcast that actors who can't play tennis play. Yeah, this also makes me... They're standing in the exact wrong part of the court. They're standing in the part of the court that is literally called No Man's Land <laughs> to play tennis.
3: You know, it takes a lot of people to produce a movie. Nobody on set that day was like, um... <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, right. Maybe. Deep, one should be behind the baseline. One should be in the box. So
3: I, don't, I don't think they could have framed the shot right if they oh, weren't as man. close together. I'm sure though. they could have figured it out. There are other tennis yeah. movies out there. And isn't the I I think I remember the whole thing with the ball being, you know, I don't think it's computer generated but it's, you know, inserted in right. in post somehow. And I I was watching it last night thinking I think they're not using a ball at all like in person. Yeah. I think they are just completely oh. just dropped that in in post. <laughs> 100%. I mean, obviously, yeah, obviously 100%. the one crazy magic shot, but the other shots where they're just playing, I was like, they're hitting that ball so precisely.
1: All I could think about during that scene is, um, is Susan Sarandon wearing a bathing suit yes. to tennis? I, I thought her, she was
0: wearing I a baby's look. romper that had somehow been enlarged. You know, right. something shrinking the wash. It they looks they like a, stretched it. Mm.
4: I love that of all of these women, Janie takes to being like a sex bomb the quickest.
0: Oh yeah, it's she's the one that like she's always like <laughs> always
4: she does a complete ones. 180 from her <laughs> school matron.
3: <laughs> well, she's got like the red hair so she's got obviously has that like fiery personality. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, that tennis outfit, yeah, the little skirt that's like not quite a skirt. <laughs>
1: It is a bathing suit. It is a bathing suit. Yeah. All I could think of is I was like, "She's she's gonna be sweating in that. That's not good for your your parts." No,
3: she's in a, she's in a bathing suit. Cher is in uh, denim overalls with a tool belt. <laughs> she yeah. rode she rode her bike with the full tool belt full of tools and like art sculpting sculptress supplies. All the way from her home. I know, I know they're in a hurry. It's just a quick little buckle. Just take it off. Michelle's, yeah. an
4: actual, Michelle's in an actual tennis outfit. M- Michelle Pfeiffer?
3: Yeah. yeah. Well, she's yeah. just kind of wearing shorts, right? Like and like a top. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Yeah, she looks normal for tennis. Yeah. <laughs> that, maybe that's why she wins the match.
3: Hey. Right. There you go. Hey. <laughs> and he hadn't got to her yet. Um, well, let's get a little overview of their characters, I guess.
4: The archetypes. So we have (laughs) um, Alex. Alex is kind of the ringleader of the three. She's kind of the alpha female of this trio. Mm -hmm. And Alex is a. I think that she owns like a craft shop. It's the Yapping Fox.
3: Oh, they even go into that. Yeah, I don't. It's when I missed that
4: part. It's when it's where she says. sells all of her stuff at you know I, I think that she's going there to sell her little her booby dolls, dolls. okay and she lives on this beautiful mm-hmm. on the dock on a pier on uh, this beautiful pier. What is that this? A, looks what like is this house? it's gonna flood at any moment.
3: <laughs> yeah <laughs> that was weird. And this is Cher. Yes. This is Cher's Cher. character. So okay so Cher has one daughter that is school age I'm assuming. The daughter yeah. looks to be like a kid.
1: She, I think she's like 12 or 13. Yeah. Right? Like, she's yeah. definitely older than all of Michelle Pfeiffer's yes, kids. for sure. Who look to be the same age.
4: She had all those kids she has six, one after another. She six tuplets. There might be multiple <laughs> yeah. twins in there. Yeah. And her whole character... Oh, I was going to say, her whole character note for uh, Sookie is that she gets pregnant really easy. So that's why yeah. she has all these kids. Yeah. <laughs> Clearly.
0: Can you imagine being a single mother and looking like Michelle Pfeiffer? Oh my god. Yeah. This, they're trying to make her look haggard and exhausted yeah. and they can't do it. It's possible.
1: I thought that same thing. I'm watching the whole time I'm watching, it, I'm like, this bitch isn't single. Are you kidding me?
4: Yeah. It's like congratulations she, on that face, Michelle. Yeah. Yeah.
1: She could have forty five children and the men would still be lining up.
4: Yeah, this is true. Maybe
3: that's where the maybe that's where the cold sore came in. Maybe they're <laughs> just like she's too beautiful. <laughs> yeah. We've gotta like mess her up a little bit. Um yeah, I guess her whole character thing is that she's got a lot of kids.
4: She has a lot of kids and she works for the town paper.
0: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And she's a little like 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 uh new agey more than the other two. Sure. Yeah,
3: I can see that.
1: There are hints that she does have like some preternatural powers early in the film because yes. she keeps making zucchini um, jelly yes. because she can't stop growing zucchinis right. like her zucchinis can't stop growing and then her, off, her desk at work has like tons of flowers everywhere ah. like she can't stop growing flowers sure. so there's something like about her where she just can't stop being fertile
0: <laughs> she's a she's a fertile goddess <laughs> and
3: then there's this one line and it's kind of a throwaway line but it was super weird and, and scott and i always talk about this when we watch the movie is that that first scene where they're having their thursday girls night they're drinking martinis by the pitcher oh they should be blacked out by the end of that and she's just at work the next day like nothing happened yep and when she finally does have her first like rendezvous with Daryl she mentions that alcohol and drugs have no effect on her did anybody yes. catch that what yes what is it yeah so I was like okay she was just drinking vodka out of a pitcher <laughs> like nobody's business although none of them showed rem- any j- sign of being drunk
0: they're all seem to be fine <laughs> I remember the first time I saw uh, that was the first time I saw a picture of martinis, yeah. and it was it it was my realization in life that you could have a picture of martinis. <laughs> which I didn't know before Same. this movie.
4: This is one. This is what when I turned twenty one, I thought that I might enjoy martinis, so I always order them, even though they taste like lighter fluid. Yeah, I think it came from it came from my love of the girls' night scenes and the martinis. Yeah.
1: yeah, I mine was cosmopolitans because of Sex in the City, oh, and sure. that was. That was a lie. That at was least, a lie they told us. At, at least
4: Cosmo <laughs> sort of has that, that like cranberry flute flavor to cut the vodka a little, little bit with. A little bit of
3: sweetness on a Cosmo. <laughs>
4: <laughs> but yeah, they're, they're Thursday nights. Why Thursday? Why not Friday? I mean, when we, when we go out, we go out a lot on Thursdays. It's a fun night of the week to go out. So I guess you can stay in sure. and, and do the same thing. And maybe well. they're busy and stuff on weekends too. Okay. They have to catch each other midweek. Okay, and uh,
3: okay. So Susan's character—it's
4: Janie. Janie. Janie is the director of an elementary school band. This is another thing with the band: is that there's so many age ranges with these children. <laughs> there are like
3: first graders playing like brass instruments.
4: There's like a kindergartner with the cymbals. but whatever. It's yeah. a movie. I guess suspension of disbelief. Yeah. Um, yeah. So she's kind of introduced as a type A personality, and then she's kind mm. of—I think Daryl does the most for her. To kind of rediscover her inner goddess,
0: sure, absolutely.
1: <laughs> well, she definitely has the biggest change in the movie, yes. right? Yes. Like the other two don't really change that much, right? She and- she mm-hmm. goes like full like <laughs> sex goddess. Yen yeah, and
4: Sookie and Janie are divorced, and Alex is a widower, as a widow, uh, a yeah. widow. Yeah, widower is <laughs> as a man, as a man. As I <laughs> as I found out by sleepless in Seattle. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. And
3: um, they have their, their weekly, you know, drunken evenings and, you I know, as them. gals do, they I just talk about meeting men. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right.
1: All right. Who should we be looking for? Somebody nice? Somebody you could
0: like? Somebody with a brain? Somebody you could talk to? Someone you could really be yourself.
4: Yes someone to watch over me. All right, all right. I've had it with you too, okay?
0: Hey. Well, we definitely have to be from out of town. Um, well, especially considering what's in town, Janie.
1: A stranger. That would be interesting.
0: A tall, dark prince traveling under a curse. In
1: Eastwick.
0: Oh. Romantic. Uh,
2: a foreign prince on a big black horse. <laughs> all right, no, no, okay. If we're going to have it,
1: let's have it all.
3: So do they conjure
4: him?
0: It kind of hints that they do. I I, I would say they do. Okay. I agree. They, they, they summon him. Yeah. They, they, like Summoning he, he's him, drawn yeah. to their energy. Sure. And I mean, the
3: big question, I mean, I don't even know if it's a question. It's just, it is for me. Maybe it's not for everybody else. It might be more apparent. Is he the devil?
1: That was so <laughs> unclear. Yeah. Like, yeah. yes and no. It's, because, yeah. because like later in the movie when he's like railing at God, he says him. But then he refers to like himself as we. As right. though there are like other devils. Mm-hmm. And he's not the only one.
3: Like he's a demon, but not the devil.
1: Yeah. Right,
4: right.
0: He's an archduke of hell, not
3: (laughs) Satan
4: himself. Okay. (laughs) So I do have to say about the scene. If I were to somehow find myself at Cher's Malibu mansion, this is exactly how I would picture her greeting me at the door. With yep. their hair done up, wearing these like <laughs> leggings and her cute little boots. She
3: was wearing like mucklucks and mm-hmm. like. <laughs> mm-hmm. I feel like Cher had a big hand in her character's wardrobe. I
4: don't know why. Oh, sure. oh yeah. it was just fully wardrobe provided by Cher's closet. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. Think... Yeah, Alex is very rock and roll.
4: Yes. So I was reading on IMDb trivia, so I'm gonna I'm gonna take that with a a grain of salt. That when they began filming. Uh, Cher was cast as Janie and Janie was cast as Susan Sarandon or yeah. Susan Sarandon was cast as Alex and they traded roles. Oh, so I think the idea that was the right choice. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. But this, this just had to be Cher.
0: It had to be. There's something about her alpha. there when she does her takedown, her initial takedown on Daryl. Oh, and I, I haven't seen this movie in a years and they, she started and I was like, I remember this scene. I remember this amazing, <laughs> amazing takedown. And it's so share. It's so wonderful. It's like Loretta Castarini from Moonstruck with like the volume turned up.
3: Yeah. And it's like it's so natural. It's like she's just you just believe that she's speaking this speech and it's just coming right off the top of her head. It's just like mm-hmm. wow. It's really good. <laughs>
1: I mean they're both excellent actors So they could both carry it off But you're right it's like the most natural thing in the world To have Cher be the boss Well I was
3: To that point I was talking to Scott about this last night I said uh, I could see Susan Sarandon playing Alex Pretty easily I -hmm. think she could handle that role But I don't I feel like if I saw Cher Playing the Susan Sarandon role I'd be like something's not right here
0: Yeah I, I don't know if Cher Has that um mousiness in her. Yeah. Uh, like she share. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she's share <Cher> prime. Yeah. <laughs> it works. It works
4: <laughs> for Cher the it, it, it works for the early scenes of Moonstruck, but that, that role is completely different though.
0: Yeah. And that's not even mousy, that's just like she's still very strong in yes. mm-hmm. She's just mm-hmm. muted.
4: Yeah.
3: So maybe yeah. she would have played that character a little differently too. Yeah. Interesting, but yeah,
4: the casting is is pretty, pretty perfect as far as the three of them go. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's interesting because I have read the book. I read the book in college, and okay. this book is completely different from the movie. <laughs> they take sort of the core themes. And a little bit of the characters, even the even the main characters, are described very different from the book. Um, so they maybe get certain plot points of the book, but they essentially just took the idea and wrote an original screenplay from it. And I'm glad that they did that because when you look at the book, it would not have adapted. Like, it's good in terms of this works as a novel, this would not work as a movie script. They even took out a whole subplot of the book that has to do with... Um, richard jenkins and veronica carthright's daughter who daryl ends up marrying oh jeez! and they and the three women end up essentially giving her cancer and killing her oh my god that's a whole that's a whole subplot that's taken out of the book wow
1: oh now i have to read this book yeah (laughs)
4: yeah and also i mean i think some scholars at the time kind of Congratulated of him that this is primarily a very masculine male offer writing writing female characters, and while it's successful, some people do say it's a little misogynist because it's sort of the patriarchy writing these these concepts about women. And you can kind of make the debate of the movie that this is a movie made by men like about women. So yeah, I can see that it kind yeah. of like it kind of tips and balances a little bit if you want to go that however, direction.
1: Yeah. But however, the, the conversations and the dialogue between those three feels, I was very surprised that this was directed and written by men. Yeah. When I, I was actually expecting the writer to be like a, maybe not quite a, like a Nora Ephron, but
2: like, <laughs>
1: uh, <laughs> but like some, like another, a, a woman, because right. it felt, it felt really organic actually. Mm-hmm. And pretty, and pretty natural. I mean, a little on the silly side, but like, It didn't feel like a man's take on women. Right. Mm -hmm. When I was watching it.
3: Yeah. And, I mean, directed by George Miller. George Miller. Mad Max. That
1: blew my (laughs) mind. Yeah. I was like, I don't know. I had it in my head. It was Griffin Dunn because he directed Uh, Practical Magic. And I was like, nope, it's Mm -hmm. not Griffin Dunn. It's someone else. (laughs) And then I looked it up and I was, I could not believe. George Miller's career is insane.
3: So crazy. Mm Mm-hmm.
1: Witches of Eastwick and Mad Max; those are his top films. <laughs> and also, he won he
4: won his Academy Award for a family movie for Happy Feet. Yeah, so it's like Happy, Happy Feet. Feet eventually, like essentially, got Mad Max Fury Road greenlit. Bless Happy
1: Feet then. Mm-hmm. I do love me some Fury Road. And also, yeah. he, also he also directed Dead Calm, which is mm-hmm. this bonkers movie about three people on a boat.
2: That's so crazy. I was
4: reading back and forth between George Miller and Cher that George Miller thought she was too old for the role. And Ooh. Cher sort of had to put her foot down and was like, I'm motherfucking Cher.
0: <laughs> I can play this part, okay? Wow. Cher is not too old for that role today.
4: I know. I still buy her.
0: I was looking up that um, do it. Cher
3: and
4: Susan Renner are the same age. Oh, geez. Wow.
3: Wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, George Miller kind of, like... I think that's where you get the really visceral elements of this movie. The like, a hundred percent, you know, the awful sound effects, um, Felicia's crazy broken leg, you know, like Mm -hmm. the, those crazy elements that I think might not, another director might not have gone there because it might be a little too over the top for, you know, the audience maybe they thought maybe this would be a woman's movie and women wouldn't want to see the, this these like gross out you know vomit scenes and all of that yeah. <laughs> but it's
1: true he like leans into the body horror yeah of, of like the the part where she's throwing up the chair oh my god, I, I loved that, uh, <laughs> that was so
0: great. you love gross things
1: so much i do <laughs> But that's
3: something that as kids that had no business watching this, that's just something that you remember that sticks out, that you're just like, oh, yeah. oh there's this scene where they're puking, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's it brings you back to that, you know, stand by me scene, you know? Um, oh, yes. <laughs> but, um, yeah, the body horror. I think there's a lot of stuff in this that, like, with the voodoo doll, you know, yeah. all that stuff. It's like... That is not very graphic. It's a wax figure and, you know, he doesn't bleed or anything, but the way it's cut together and the way it's done, it is very like – I don't know. It's just so effective and I think that has a lot to do probably with with George Miller. Do you
4: know what I think is one of – The more effective scenes of how it's cut and how it's written and how it's acted is when they're all, after the symphony, they're all trying to remember Daryl's name. Yeah. And how that scene, it's like the camera's tracking and you're hearing everybody, well, I don't know, like it begins with a D and I can't remember it. And everyone's having the same conversation. Yeah. And then it lands on Sookie saying Daryl and her pearls break and Felicia Mm -mm. falls down the stairs. Yeah.
0: That, there are so many pearls on that necklace. <laughs> that's hundreds of pearls. like Showgirl style. It
3: was just, the necklace was to the floor and she just looped it and looped it and looped it around her neck.
0: Yes. Like a flapper. Yeah. <laughs> and everyone's just
4: standing at the top of the stairs looking at Felicia. They're so in shock that no one can even move. They're just staring at her. Yeah.
3: But yeah, that's a, that, is a good, that is a crazy scene. Mm-hmm. Why can't they remember his name? Because he's a demon, I guess. Um, So we did talk a little bit about Cher's speech. They each one of them has this like introduction to Daryl, and Mm -hmm. in each, I think in Cher's scene with him, he's the most off-putting, right?
4: yes he's the grossest
3: yeah
1: okay here's the thing had this not been jack nicholson had yes. this been warren Beatty,
4: it was right. almost bill murray
1: wait what yeah. i think, uh, I think bill murray ass?
4: i think bill murray was offered it i don't know if he accepted it and then like didn't want to do it but yeah they originally shot for bill murray
1: wow that's insane that's... Mm-hmm.
4: which I i okay. think
1: could have worked There are no sex scenes in the movie, so that's fine. you, George Miller. But, like, even the parts where they have to kiss him, and just, like, imagining those three women kissing Bill Murray. Yeah. (laughs) And and my brain is frying.
3: Yeah. And some of the dialogue that he says to share specifically, coming out of Bill Murray's mouth, I'm like, I don't... Yes it would be it would be too much of a joke that whole scene would be too much just played for comedy with with him yeah yeah
1: yeah so i so i have a thing with jack nicholson where like hollywood has been telling me for 30 years that jack nicholson is incredibly attractive right and i don't know why (laughs) (laughs) like he's he's a Really an actor. Nothing mm-hmm. against his acting, but I find him so physically repulsive. Yeah. In, in, like, every movie. Not just in this one. Like, every movie. Yeah. So, I, I'm like, every time they cast him as, like, a romantic lead, I picture Warren Beatty instead. In my sure. Character. I'm like, okay, if this were Warren Beatty, how would I be... <laughs> <laughs> Like, a man of the same age, but who's actually attractive. Right. If this were mm-hmm. Robert Redford, how would I be reacting to yeah. this character? And you... And so, can...
3: Oh, go. I'm sorry. Go ahead.
1: No, no, no. Go ahead.
3: I was gonna say you can't even use the excuse of like, well, at the time, you know, me- body s- standards for like men's bodies were different. But it's like, no, Robert Redford and Paul Newman and <laughs> and Warren Beatty all had great bodies. Yeah. Jack Nicholson was always just a little. Eh. <laughs> yeah. Looks like one of your dad's <laughs> friends.
1: Little fluffy, yeah, <laughs> yeah. little yeah. doughy, yeah. There's just something so unappealing, just fundamentally unappealing about Jack Nicholson to me <laughs> that, like, it never works in yeah. any movie. And so, like, I, I, I it, it helps me in this case though. Yes. Like watching this movie, it was like leaning into it of yeah. like how gross mm-hmm. he is. And when Cher says, "You are the most unattractive man I've ever seen in my entire life," I was like, "Yes." <laughs> <laughs>
0: I also think, like, it helps so much. I mean, because this movie is not about them falling in love with a hot guy. It's it's essentially about these women getting, like, stigmatized. Right. And, like... Yeah, <laughs> totally. Like, they they just want to get more. Yeah. Right? And so it's not at all about what he looks like. Because they even say, like, in the initial scene, they're, like, someone handsome, but not too handsome. Mm-hmm. And then they all, like, acknowledge, like, this guy doesn't... They don't act as if physically he's gorgeous. Yeah. They actually act as if he's kind of physically repulsive, but they still need that be? yeah
3: <laughs> yeah that's absolutely right
0: well you know i have to admit that i appreciate your directness daryl and i will try and be as direct and honest with you as i possibly can be uh i think no i i am positive that you are the most unattractive man i have ever met in my entire life you know in the short time we've been together you have demonstrated every Loathsome characteristic of the male personality, and even discovered a few new ones. You are physically repulsive, intellectually retarded, you're morally reprehensible, vulgar, insensitive, selfish, stupid. You have no taste, a lousy sense of humor, and you smell. You know, you're not even interesting enough to make me sick. (laughs) I mean, Uh, I want to memorize that speech and just say it to people on the street.
1: (laughs) I want to make that speech my wedding vow.
0: <laughs> Erica, put that on my gravestone.
3: <laughs> can I? Can I embroider that on a pillow? <laughs> but then you know he turns around and says some nonsense to her, some like psycho babble, like back double speak,
1: and she just starts making out mm-hmm. with him. But it, yeah. and so like he's telling each of them exactly what they want to hear. Yeah. What they. Yeah. Meet, what they "Quote unquote," need to hear. Daryl can be all things to all of these women. Self confidence. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. Yeah. it's smart. It's smart writing, I think.
3: Yeah, well, like later on when they're talking about like their fears and and Susan Sarandon kind of has this like, just essentially like I'm afraid of aging and getting old and dying and my body like withering and all that. And share, I don't like snakes.
0: What? <laughs> it's like I'm Indiana Jones. Yeah.
3: <laughs> Michelle Pfeiffer's like, "There's so much pain in the world and pain and suffering." She's just like, "Nobody said anything about snakes." Snakes, <laughs> bitch. <laughs> oh. But it's a good, it's a good visual.
1: It is. I wonder if that was in the book.
4: Yeah, is, it is must have been. Theory? I don't remember. So I was also reading for the background of this movie. This movie is produced by John Peters. Are mm-hmm. you guys familiar with John Peters?
1: I'm not. So John Peters
4: is Ooh. this loony executive at Warner Brothers that used to date Barbara Streisand. He
3: was her hairdresser.
4: He was her hairdresser, hairdresser and boyfriend. She,
3: he was her hairdresser that she, she was in a long-term relationship with and essentially became a producer on by the power of just... Being in close proximity to Barbara for so
1: long—that's the best story ever. Yeah,
3: and but his like demands on movie sets are notorious. They for would being get crazy so that, that he
4: would just want this, just all of this random shit in movies, just for the purpose of it. And I guess one of his bizarre requests for George Miller was that John Peters wanted an alien in the movie somewhere. That he just requested that just drop an an alien somewhere in the movie. And John Peters probably saw the movie Aliens, which was out in 86, and just figured, like, the folks really like those aliens, so you should (laughs) put it in the movie. Yeah.
3: I think George Miller threatened to quit. I think he was, like, booking a flight back to Australia. I think they were—I
4: think Warner almost replaced him mid-shoot, too.
3: Yeah, just because he didn't want to move forward with these crazy demands.
4: So, I guess during the snake scene— when they were shooting it with Cher, she was like which one's john peter's
1: <laughs> that's yeah. like if all directors now were like we need to put thor in a movie just right i mean mm-hmm. yeah. in thor
3: <laughs> i mean if uh, if anybody bothers to see the new scooby doo movie they kind of decided to throw in some superheroes for no reason <laughs> in a scooby doo movie of all things so stupid but yeah i mean i John Peters famously wanted a giant mechanical spider in a Superman movie and the directors were like, No, no, no. And we finally got it in the Wild Wild West and we yeah. saw how successful that wow. was. It was his Nick it was the Nick Cage
4: it was the Nick Cage Superman movie. Yeah. That they were doing. So yeah, so
3: he's uh he's a kook and he had a big hand in, in this. But
1: that's like that's like if you give a child like like control of a film set and they're yeah. like I want mm-hmm. ice cream in this movie but ice cream in. <laughs>
3: yeah super crazy but I mean we didn't get an alien but we got that crazy like demon uh, puppet Nicholson yeah. creature at the end of the movie that was that was probably yeah. the, that was probably the <laughs> compromise
1: I didn't love that I didn't love the 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 weird CGI supernatural ending
4: yeah I do think, media. not to skip ahead a little bit, the ending does feel like it was reshot. Like, whatever they got was not working with test audiences, so they mm. kind of threw in that kitchen scene. I don't know.
0: That's fair. After mm-hmm. the after
4: they, the voodoo doll? Yeah.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I want to talk a little bit about um, their, like, physical transformations after they all start, you know... Getting the, getting the D, yeah.
0: <laughs> you know. Once Sh- they've all been cockstruck, yeah. <laughs> once
1: they've all started boning the Prince of Darkness,
0: getting
4: the yes, D indeed. by Daryl, which <laughs> which Cher uh, describes as bending bending in the wrong
3: direction bending in the wrong direction.
0: <laughs> Can we talk about that line? Because it gave me a complex when I was seventeen years old. I was like, I didn't know dicks bent. Yep. I didn't know there was a, wrong a right. Way they could mm-hmm. bend. There's a and right my direction. Dick doesn't bend. Is that bad? Is it? Are they
1: supposed to bend? I was. Were you picturing, like, a 90-degree angle? Yeah. <laughs> well, I actually thought it was like
0: a zigzag. Uh. A <laughs> <laughs> like, like, like a Potter
3: star? Lightning bolt? Like a
1: corkscrew penis? Ooh, like a duck.
3: Like a duck. <laughs> oh, man. And then this conversation is on a bike ride, and so Cher goes yes. – and She kind of goes like this and just does this weird, like, hand gesture, but it's not <laughs> – clarifying anything no is it up, more down, questions left, right <laughs> yeah. left and right <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> only more questions i think she, i think Janie would love him and i think you would love him so weird She's right yeah well she was right she was right
4: so the transformation with um alex is that i think that it helps her have a breakthrough with her art right like, right yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm.
3: She's making now. She's making a giant Venus of Villendorf, as opposed to like multiple small ones. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, but yeah, uh, Jane, Janie, Susan, Brandon. Yes, Janie. She has the biggest transformation, not only in her hair color, but it's a different cut and style in every scene. Yeah, um, they had diff- a lot of multiple different lengths. There's le- layers, multiple
4: wigs used.
3: Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. highlights. She
1: looks fantastic.
3: Yeah, she looks yeah. beautiful. Like
1: everything. Jane wears once she's gone like to the dark side is top to bottom. Fantastic.
4: (laughs) That's one of those things about Susan Sarandon that we kind of forget is that there was a time like pre like dead man walking where Susan Sarandon was kind of like a sex bomb. Yeah. Like she's either like the sexy, no nonsense woman from Thelma and Louise. She's just uh, like bull Durham. Yeah, she she's like it. serving it up in that movie, and also a uh, Rocky Horror picture. So it's just like she's always had that edge to her career, but we've we've kind of forgotten about it.
0: Scott, I think you're uh, you're forgetting a little movie called The Banger Sisters. Oh yes,
4: <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, sexy mm-hmm. band aid. <laughs> I love her. (laughs) And I know that she's kind of a, she's kind of a sore subject. We won't get into it too much. It's just like, is she canceled? I don't know. I I don't know.
1: I I will never cancel her. She's she's a
4: little crazy, even for the libs.
1: (laughs) She can be as crazy as she wants. I'm into it. I am here for it.
3: So her, her first scene where we see her transformation, she's uh, conducting this elementary school orchestra. In a completely inappropriate for elementary school teaching she a, she costume, a tutu.
1: <laughs> she looks like Madonna in like her 1984 videos. Yes. Like, a tulle yeah, the tool tutu and the like uh, tight tank top.
3: Yes, and, a, a bare midriff.
1: <laughs> oh, the tube just- top, tube top.
0: Susan Sarandon conducting (laughs) looks like you know one of those floppy things outside of the outside of the car dealership. Like (laughs) I can only I am not even musically inclined, but I cannot imagine if anyone who's ever played in a band would look at that. It must have been infuriating.
3: (laughs) Well, she at one point throws the conducting baton just to the ground and just starts waving her hands around <laughs> willy-nilly. Um yes. I was thinking about that in her big like seduction scene because there's a lot of cl- hand close-ups of Susan and Jack Nicholson fake playing a cello and a, mm-hmm. a violin. So if they had such little regard for the rules of tennis, they probably were just
4: like just make it work.
1: I think Susan's <laughs> selling I think Susan's
4: selling the cello though.
1: Yeah.
4: A little more than the tennis. I,
1: I agree yes. with that and that like because when they cut to Jack Nicholson playing the violin, I was like, no.
3: <laughs> they did not you know, bother hiding it.
1: He looks like he's like trying to saw it in half.
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, we got smoke coming off of Susan's like cello strings. So yeah, maybe the intention the was Yeah, that was the intention.
4: I love her I love her pouring the tea and it's overflowing.
3: Yeah, she's just so enraptured Mm -hmm. by his, like, conversation that she can't, like, even concentrate. Um, So we get the crazy, like, Madonna tutu, bare midriff tube top. But then I feel like her most iconic look, after the tennis bathing suit, is probably the grocery shopping. Oh, uh, Frilly socks. Yes. You know, like...
4: She's not wearing a bra. (laughs) We, always, me, me, and my friend Hunter always used to say that in college. She's not wearing a bra. So I work at a grocery store. I see a lot of people do some gross shit. Especially now, I'm like the like the face mask police. Like, sir, bro, please, like, uh, please cover your nose with your mask, please. But I don't think I've I've seen people break open and eat shit when shopping. I don't think I've ever seen anyone open up a jar of pickles.
1: <laughs> and just start eating them.
2: <laughs> that's <laughs> a that's a first.
1: Is that how we know how to spot a witch?
0: There you mm-hmm. go.
1: Pickles at the store.
0: They should just have her doing it like with a big cucumber. let like taking uh... bites out of the cucumber. Like <laughs> let's go all the way. Like with a big eggplant. Just raw <laughs> <eating the> eggplant.
1: <laughs> just filleting a banana. Oh Why not? my
4: god! And this is the scene where you really start to see the small town is like kind of no pun mm-hmm. intended like a witch hunt yeah that it's fully like 1693 they're 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 kind of branding them all as whores too mm-hmm.
3: well they're just up at this mansion just like boning down with this grosso i would be too frankly <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i'd be like that's them those are the <laughs> the swingers
0: we'd be, we'd be talking about them but it would be with more reverence like oh yeah also like, those are those three women who are Fucking their brains out <laughs> up in that mansion. Did they sign my tits? <laughs> <laughs> what did they see in that guy? Do you think I can His get t- an must invite? Must been the wrong way.
4: <laughs> and I love, I love this small town. That this is front page headliner news on the newspaper. Yes, <laughs> like this isn't even like a, a couple uh, pages back in like the society columns. This is like front page news. Well, I mean, Ron and Felicia
3: own the newspaper. Mm-hmm. Or publish? I don't know what they do. They just edit it, whatever. But they're in charge she, of it, so
1: she she owns it. I think she he says it. at some point in the film that he she owns it. Yeah. Can we t- let's talk about Felicia first, yes, please? <laughs> or, wait, should we
0: should we finish with Sookie? because we haven't really done Sukey? Oh Oh yeah. Yet, sure. right. oh, so yeah. Her first, I think.
3: Yeah. What is her big like physical transformation? She her hair gets a little bit more like funky eighties. It's it's like a blown up perm.
0: From like it's t- like she got a stylist and a nanny. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, who's watching her children?
4: I mean, I think that Fidel just sort of watches all of the Fidel? kids.
1: No, Fidel's
3: yeah. at the Fidel? at the mansion. I think maybe maybe Cher's daughter is watching yes. Sookie's kids because mm-hmm. Cher's daughter like babysitter age. Yeah. So good luck. Well, here's <laughs> Honey, six babies. <laughs> Honey,
0: mommy needs to go out and have multiple orgasms. <laughs> New from down the street's going to be here. Um, oh mommy's going to be so much happier when she gets back. Just sit tight. Be good. <laughs> eat whatever you want. Mommy's going to just go get her back blown out. See you later. <laughs>
3: <laughs> there's plenty of pickles in the fridge.
4: Oh, wait. No, there's not. I ate them all.
3: <laughs>
4: <laughs> that dialogue between Sookie and Daryl in the pool, I think, is so bizarre
0: it's weird
4: it's like it's weird. like is there are these even
0: sentences
4: like is this <laughs> just this weird stream of consciousness of them talking about her life i don't know it's weird
0: it's so what else is weird is that that pool has a fire pit in the middle in of the it. middle of it and i don't know i think that's gay culture yeah <laughs> <laughs> that fire pit in the Having middle of the pool,
3: pool... is gay rights
0: like off your great hall yeah. it, within your house but off your great hall yeah. in a fire pit and that's gay rights.
3: Yeah. Okay. <laughs> just <laughs> curtains just everywhere just
0: yep. gauzy, you know. Diaphanous <laughs> yeah. flowing curtains. Yes. I,
1: I will march for that pool, you guys. <laughs> I will march for that pool. Yeah.
3: <laughs> a precursor to be able to a uh, uh, a bar in a pool in like a hotel pool that you could like swim right. swim up to the bar. <laughs> It just has that energy. <laughs> but yeah, so let's talk a little bit about um Felicia and Veronica Cartwright's performance.
4: Just meh. She's pretty the off ball. the hook in this movie.
3: Yeah. Yeah. So good.
1: So why does Felicia why is she I know she's like the mayor of the town and probably the Is she the mayor? mayor?
0: I thought she was on like the town council. Okay, I thought
1: sure. She's the, ce- she's the select woman, isn't that mayor in a small town?
0: Uh, oh I don't know. Oh, okay. At the
1: very I can beginning of the movie, yeah. they call her the select woman.
0: Yeah. Oh, okay. But what I And do- like probably
1: mm-hmm. richest woman in town, I'm guessing yes. also based on that house. That house. That's and crazy. also from like
4: an old, old family in Eastwick, too.
1: Yeah. <clears throat> so like how come she's the one that's like becomes the Cassandra figure? Like what right. like what what happens?
4: Right. Well, I th- I think that's something that's gone into a little more in the book. I don't really remember a lot of that.
3: Well, let me say this. The Wikipedia plot description describes the scene where um, she falls down the stairs as uh, it says that she makes fun of his name. When she says, like, what kind of a name is Daryl Van Horn? What kind of a name is that? <laughs> and and I this is Van all... Van
0: Horn is a very foreign-sounding name in Eastwick. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't know.
3: Maybe this is all punishment for her. But she is very kind of, like, um, I guess... And I don't know if it's uh, because of what's going on with her. But I guess she was supposed to have been, like, su- super religious. Or just very, like, devout or whatever. So maybe Mm -hmm. just because she had all of that Holy Spirit running all through her,
4: that... Daryl felt like he needed to take her down a few pegs. Or
3: Daryl just being in the town just affected her this way somehow. I don't know.
1: I don't know. But but she has that... um amazing line where she just turns to her husband and in a state of like complete lucidity goes i have nothing against a good fuck but this there's danger here
0: (laughs) she's not wrong about a lot of she's wrong about her like her take on it but her actual facts are all all correct
4: and right before um right before she dies she did say that i have to warn them and like save these women from them too
3: well, yeah, because she called it. She said he wants to propagate. He wants to have sons and spread his evil throughout the world, which ultimately happens. So we just have to keep our fingers crossed that these three can keep turning off those TVs and his like giant yeah. <laughs> giant wall of deep te- His Radio Shack wall of TVs.
0: Okay, so- Spoiler alert. This movie ends with three Antichrists being birthed into like a nice happy score. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: So those kids are born in 1986. How are those women keeping track of their cell phones now? Yeah. There's <laughs> those, no way. Those babies,
4: those babies are my age, too. Yeah,
3: there's no way.
4: These kids oh. would fully be taking over multiple countries. There was a sequel book written, but I did not read it. Mm. It's called The Widows of Eastwick.
3: Interesting. Oh.
4: Um, yeah, Veronica Cartwright often plays
3: uh, a hysterical woman. You know? Yeah, I mean
1: she she has the face for it.
4: She does have the face. Even for as a it. child, I was going to say. Even as back? a child in the bird, she played like a hysterical little girl.
1: Yes, she, that's right. Yeah,
4: she was being attacked. <laughs>
1: <laughs> She's brilliant. I, it, it, she doesn't have to do much. She has one of those faces that, like, you you can read so much into it, yeah. and it's mm-hmm. almost like. It's almost like she has like too many features, like there's too much happening, all yes,
3: time. <laughs> very exaggerated features, big mouth and big teeth and these big eyes, expressive eyes, yeah, yeah,
4: and she's one of those actresses that you always see show up and stuff. I remember she had a little uh arc on six feet under. She was Lisa's mother on okay. six feet under, That's and right. yeah, you just see her just kind of come and go a lot in
0: movies. She plays Jack's mother on Will and Grace. Mm-hmm. Yes,
3: she does. And on the new season, she's not in it, but her character is referenced a lot.
0: I know. Like, where is she? Yeah.
3: So every time he has those phone calls, which are very funny phone calls, and I like this arc of him constantly yeah. being on the phone with his mom. It's really funny. And I wish they did it earlier. But I'm just, I imagine her on the other end because I know it's her. But I'm just like, they should have brought her back. She's
0: so good. Yes. <laughs> <She's> so good. <laughs>
3: Yeah, um, some of her his his hysterical. Out- I mean, I feel bad saying hysterical because I mean the roots of that word is just so like yeah you know it, it also like its roots are kind
4: of witchcraft too yeah
3: so I I feel bad even saying mm-hmm. it but you know these outbursts that she has especially when Richard Jenkins is just like feeding her this pudding just. Like- <laughs> Richard Jenkins
0: looks so weird with hair. He looks so mm-hmm. weird in this movie. Oh <laughs> he's my one God. of those people that's meant to be bald.
3: Yeah, and old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's definitely weird looking. Um, <clears throat> do I have some of Felicia? Oh, I do here. Let's listen to some Felicia speech.
2: You sit there in that pathetic excuse of an office. Reporting gossip. While under your very nose, evil is doing its worst. You have no spine, Clyde. Not one ounce of morality. First, even common sense.
4: Nuclear Holocaust, murder. Rape, apartheid. Why
2: these words? They mean nothing to you. Just a local newspaper, Felicia.
1: His local turpitude. You are a failure. You know you should be strung up along with that son of a bitch who bought that
2: house. Ah! Call the nurse.
4: Some like oh. ASMR action there. Could <laughs> hear her like <laughs> slurping that that super pudding. Gross. Oh man!
3: But you know, like you guys, like we were saying, she's
1: not wrong.
3: Like in the mm-hmm. long run, everything she's no. saying is kind of like eh, maybe we should listen to her.
1: What's crazy is like the he never gets that bad. Like you, we you know he has the potential to be right. totally evil and terrible. But yeah. like, like we never see a, a moment really where he he like. Aside from what he does to Felicia, which yeah. is terrible, but like before that, you don't see like anything that he does that could potentially affect anyone negatively, right? I kind of wish the movie had gone further and had him be like more evil early.
0: Well, yeah. I, I was kind of thinking because I was trying to figure out too, like why do, why is she the one who like really loses her shit when this guy comes into town? And I was like, oh, it would have been interesting if they had done something like these three women get powers, but there has to be like a price sure. that is paid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. So like the cost is her sanity or, or, or the cost is like she, some, some part of her power is taken away. Yeah. And that's why she starts to lose it. So I
4: think that they could, do stuff like that in the book with Felicia and Clyde's daughter.
0: Uh, and I think yeah, that
4: okay. is kind of when they end up harming and essentially killing their daughter with cancer. Yeah. Kind of like they put this hex on her and she dies of cancer. I think that's when in the book you start to see them have some remorse and feel like we really have to get rid of Daryl.
3: But then that mm-hmm. puts it on the three of them, though, not even on Daryl. Yeah. So that's even, yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I f- maybe that was kind of some kind of uh, uh, an implication of like what you were saying in that them gaining powers is coming from somewhere. And it probably, yeah. Just didn't uh, get fully fleshed out in the movie. And
4: also Daryl does physically harm Sookie, too. Yeah,
0: God.
1: But only after they decide to leave him. Like, I sure. I would have liked a little more evil before that.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Just a little. Just a smidge. Yeah.
0: yeah. Erica needs a little bit more projectile vomiting to really <laughs> scratch that itch.
1: Well, I mean, just a little bit of viscera. Just, yeah. Is yeah. too much to ask yeah. in, a, in a family film?
3: <laughs> because, yeah, because if... If they didn't stop seeing... Because the only reason they want to stop seeing him is because they're kind of getting shunned by the townsfolk. Um, mm-hmm. Some of the school kids have called uh, have called Sookie a dyke. <laughs> um, but other than that, nothing too bad is happening to them. So if they didn't stop seeing Daryl... And Sookie loses her job. Oh, so gets fired. Yeah, she gets fired. Yeah, she gets fired. So it's starting to fall apart cuz I was going to say if what bad is happening from them like having like gross, you know, 40-year-old fuck party. And that's
4: kind of Janie's <laughs> and that's kind of Janie's response when Sookie says that they should stop seeing each other. That's that's kind of Janie's response to all yeah, that. Yeah, Susan too. Sarandon
3: is very much like, well, who cares? Fuck them. Like let yeah. us keep having our fun.
0: I've had 17 orgasms and it's a Tuesday. Why would I stop doing what I'm doing? <laughs>
3: we ordered all these balloons. I mean, come on.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Who, how,
1: where am I going to run in these satin gowns if I don't run through these hallways?
3: It is very, it's like a, kind of like a, a meatloaf video. Like oh, yeah! <laughs> very
0: Bonnie Tyler, Total Eclipse of yeah. the Heart. That, that
4: <laughs> opera song, that's my only context for opera music, is that song. Yeah. It's in like pretty much anything, this movies is, or TV, when you need an opera song. It's, it's that. called
3: Nessun Dorma. It's very famous. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, this is uh, this is a precursor to, I know this is beforehand, but this is definitely a precursor to um, Celine Dion's It's All Coming Back to Me Now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah her greatest, her greatest video. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, what
0: else is interesting about like, if we're talking about the villain of the movie, though, mm-hmm. is that you have that school principal or yes. oh my God. As, as the mm-hmm. villain and he doesn't get to come up. Yeah. I almost Seriously. feel like
4: you wanted to see Janie punish him some sort. Like,
0: yeah.
1: I wonder
4: if that's like a cut scene of the movie. I Cause it, like
1: almost it almost seems like they were hinting yeah. at
4: that and then they didn't pay it off. Yeah.
1: There is that scene where he sees her conducting the orchestra of children. She he- is
0: flopping like a car dealership <laughs> <laughs> floppy thing, Erica. She's not conducting. <laughs> she's,
1: she's she's having she's having a fit in front of a school of children. A school of children. <laughs> And they are miraculously playing their instruments, and he kind of like sees it and flips out and runs away. Yeah, yeah. I actually had to rewind it because I was like, "Were one of the kids levitating? Why is he so freaked out?" <laughs> There's nothing in that scene. Like, it's it is slightly unusual. Yeah, yes, she's barefoot. She yeah, <laughs> but he he like reacts to it like he walked in on like these children levitating and like oh, yeah. moving their own heads and stuff. And I'm like, yeah. "What is this reaction?" Yeah, for
3: sure. I think in a like in a modern movie. They each would have to have some sort of exhibition of their powers outside of their circle, yeah, 'cause all' cause, and that brings me back to my to my thought when I was a kid, I was just like they're not witchy enough, I don't feel like what I wouldn't call what they're doing like witchcraft, and I wouldn't call them witches, like they are manifesting some kind of supernatural powers, but um they get this book from his office that we never see set up. Yeah. Yeah. You know, this like book of spells, book, you know, <laughs> <laughs> all of a sudden it's there, you know, and that's really the most like witchy stuff that they do. Um, so, yeah, I feel like they never really get to explore what they can do, what powers they have. Um, I'm not really this stickler for like, well, why do they have powers? Like, where do they come from? Like, who cares? Whatever. They just have powers, <laughs> you know. it is just
2: yeah. go with it. Yeah.
3: yeah, yeah. But um, yeah. To me, it just feels a little bit like there's so many questions, and maybe they don't have to get answered. Maybe that's just the fun of watching the movie and having these conversations. But like all these questions of just like, okay. They mentioned witchcraft because Jane says that they burned witches at this at this house before, and I do remember like a lot of descriptions of the movie at the time, like um, movie reviews and things, would often refer to Jack Nicholson's character refer to Daryl implicitly as the devil, you know. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. It makes me think maybe it was in some kind of like press packages or something
1: so that is what i thought the movie was before like i watched it today for the first time ever and if you'd asked me yeah. yesterday i'd say three witches and the devil like three women who are witches meet the devil yeah and that's all i knew about the movie and it was crazy to me how the word witches, is like you're right like never really even said in yeah the
0: film. yeah <laughs> it's also really interesting to try to figure out how their powers interplay with each other like because you know, if you think about like witches and the devil, you would kind of think that okay, witches worship the devil, so yeah. their power comes from him, but his power also comes from their worship of him. Yeah, right. So like, there's like this interplay. Yeah, for That's sure. Kind of not what the movie is. So, no, like, I'm and not they can. That it's not in there, but like, but yeah. they
4: can make things happen together even before they meet Daryl because they sort of make it rain when yeah, they yeah. both think of the same thing. It can happen, and also there's that bit when. Uh, Alex and Sookie are talking and Sookie is at work and she said, who is that? Is that Clyde and Felicia? And they walk mm. in before she says it. Yeah. So like Alex oh, sort right. of like can can see them coming before they're even in the room.
3: It's their it's their power of three.
4: It's the power of women. It's the power of three. <laughs> <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs>
3: mm-hmm.
1: I also love, so this is going to go back a little bit how like Jack Nicholson keeps his like grimoire, just like in a, in a table, in a glass table where yeah. no one can see it. It's not even in a drawer. No,
0: it's a showpiece, Erica. Yeah, <laughs> don't you keep your grimoire where people can see it? If they can't see it, they don't know you have one. Yes, what's it it's called? It's my, like it's on
1: my altar next to my voodoo doll. Don't ask any questions. Story covered
0: by it. my velvet cloak.
3: Yes, and I feel like there was a key. I think that mm-hmm. she had to unlock the case. So it's like, yeah. yes, it's. Yes, it's under lock and key,
0: but she found the key pretty yeah, easily. She knew where it was. Yeah,
1: It's, also, it's a glass case. You yeah, break just it. break it. The
0: key is just, it's just hidden under like a rock on yeah. top
1: of the case. <laughs> it says definitely not Grimoire <laughs> Key.
3: Yeah. Yeah, it did have a name what's on a it. The, what's the book called? It it's, was called like Maleficent or something. Magnifique? <laughs> yeah, it had a weird... Something like, like yeah. that. It was missing a, a an eyeball that moved around and followed you. Uh, (laughs) Did not appear to be made of human skin, but you know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) it could have been, but I did like as a kid, it was something that was, um, really cool. The way that they did build this doll, you know, using pieces that was like underwear and they got hair Mm -hmm. from like a brush and all that stuff and using bits. And that was very, to me, just like, Oh, that's how witches do it. You know? (laughs) (laughs) It's just very like witchy like one oh one. Like, well you need yes. you need some of the personal items. Items and, of clothing, yeah. a, a little a little lock of hair. Yeah. a mm-hmm. four thousand
1: dollar Le Creuset copper pot. Yes. Yep. <laughs> yep. 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 Lots of candles.
3: She made a double she made a double boiler to bo- to boil those candles out like that's smart share. You don't want to scorch that's heat. You don't want to scorch heat. that pan. <laughs> Yes, the amount of of Crusette like in this kitchen, but I mean, cr- come on, this house—he's got to have nice pot, you know.
0: That kitchen approaches Nancy Myers. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs>
1: the <a>
0: beautiful island. <laughs> yeah.
3: If Nancy Myers was to make a uh, a witch's kitchen,
1: uh, oh God, <laughs> Nancy, Nancy Myers
0: <laughs> should do a witch movie.
1: <laughs> definitely needs to do a witch movie. How it has this not happened? Really it like, would be that. like it would be like a
4: witch trying to like. No, like it would be an old witch trying to reconnect with her younger self. <laughs> yeah.
0: She know. meets Diane like an old flame. Diane Keaton, Diane Weist, and Diane Ladd are your cousins. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> the devil is being played by Chris Hemsworth. Oh my god! <laughs> Just go.
3: Yeah, they're white witches, ahead. obviously, as illustrated by their white turtlenecks and,
1: <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and
0: their universal whiteness. Yeah. And yes. Their Caucasity. <laughs> <They're>, yes. <laughs>
1: They can turn water into white wine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
3: it writes itself. Come on, Nora. Yeah. <laughs> <Just> <laughs> keep us in the loop. I love the use of uh, Lurch in this movie. <laughs> as... Yes. That is him, right? Yeah. It's mm-hmm. sort of
0: lurch.
3: <laughs> Yes. I remember him from Star Trek The Next Generation. He played Mr. Home. He uh, <laughs> had a recurring role on that. And he also uh, is from Pasadena. He's a, he, yeah. he was he's, a Pasadena native. He's from, he's from our town. I used to see him a lot in college.
4: Oh. Mm-hmm.
3: Good old Lurch. His name's not Lurch. He's from Hungary or something. Um <laughs> Yeah, this movie is extremely well cast, uh, but I agree. There was stuff with kind of like unresolved things, like with the principal and um, things that a, a more modern take, they would have to pay off, like you're saying. Like I think each yeah. one of them would have had to have paid off these powers. and And I think that something about how ambiguous the movie is kind of wouldn't fly today because I feel like people pick shit apart so easily, you know, I mean, like we're doing now, but we're doing it for the fun of this. But, um, I think something about movies of that era, were able to leave things a little bit more ambiguous. But like I said, I feel like in the press everywhere, it was just like, yes, he is the devil. But when you watch it, you're just like, Oh, I don't know. Maybe he's, maybe he's a lesser demon. Yeah. Um, but it works, you know? Um, and there have been uh, several attempts at television. Oh, there has been unaired pilots. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm.
4: A two thousand nine series on ABC with Rebecca Romaine
0: and Lindsay Price. Mm-hmm. I watched mm-hmm. that shit. Oh, yep. <laughs> Did you watch the whole season? Because oh. I love this movie so much, and I actually like Rebecca Romaine a lot. I think she's a very like. I don't think she's the greatest actress ever, but I think she's very charismatic. And yeah, you just kind of like her. Yeah, for sure. So, so I definitely watched at least. Maybe not the whole thing, but a a chunk of it.
4: Nice. In 2002, there was a a pilot that didn't go to series with Marsha Cross as Jane, Kelly Rutherford as Alex, and Lori Laughlin as Sookie. (gasps) (laughs) It did not get picked up. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. I want
1: it! I want it now.
0: (laughs) Who played Daryl? You can't have it now. Lori's busy. Yeah, Jason O'Mara. I'm (laughs) not super familiar with him.
4: Jason O'Mara.
0: I'm
3: not familiar with Jason O'Mara. I could see. I could
4: see Marsha Cross from Desperate Housewives as Jane.
0: Oh yeah, but they wouldn't
4: do the big crazy frizzy hair though. That's what's the best part about the end of the movie is them in those those silk. Those silk jammies. And Marsha Cross is so, like,
3: severe and, like, tragic and just, like, straight, flat hair and waspy. I feel Mm -hmm. like for her to, like, break, cut loose and be, like, crazy, you know, conductor... Crazy but did you chain. see her
0: in Melrose Place? Ah, uh, this
3: is true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Doctor Kimberly Shaw, <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> taking that wig off in the
1: mirror. That's <laughs> true. That's I didn't true. Even watch that show,
0: but I know that clip.
3: Oh, we all know. Yeah, <laughs>
1: that's that clip is canon. That clip is nineties
3: canon. <laughs> we all know. We watched the other day. We were like just kind of going through Melrose. Was it we on Hulu? We were
4: watching season three of Melrose Place, and it's the aftermath of Melrose blowing up. And that, like, it is off the ground and running.
3: We caught, because they did a uh, a recap, and they show, the episode starts with the explosion of Melrose Place. It is insane. (laughs) There are stunt
1: people
4: flying.
1: (laughs) It blows up in the second season.
4: I think it's the end of the third season. Oh, is it the end of the third or the end of the second? No, I, I think remember. it's the end of the third season oh, okay. going into season that four. That is still so it's, early. That's still so <laughs> wild. Yeah. Because
3: they barely introduced half the characters at the beginning of season two. Because season one, they pretty much like wiped the slate with half the cast. So, yeah. yeah. It's nuts. Oh. That's Melrose Place, Well, <laughs> you're, you've been listening to Melrose Talk. I know. This is our, <laughs> our brief foray into Melrose Talk. Um, we love Melrose Place. It's an amazing, terrible show. <laughs> oh boy. Where are we in this movie?
4: I mean, we're kind of in the last act. Yes. When they feel indeed. like they have to get rid of Daryl. So they make the voodoo doll. Well,
3: like, they feel like they really feel like they need to get rid of Daryl because Clyde. Okay, Felicia, granted, Felicia's throwing up cherry pits all over the place. She's <laughs> like, like She's having this like mental breakdown. But like Clyde, man,
4: just it just sets him off.
3: Yeah, yeah. It, he ultimately kills her with a fireplace poker, and
1: I feel it, I feel like it's done in an act of mercy, right? Like he feels so bad for her because she's yeah. going so crazy. Yeah, and he and it doesn't feel to me like it's a he's he's doing it out of like anger or anything. He's just right. trying to end her misery.
3: Yeah, because he oh. keeps, keeps seeing her; she's not getting better. Yeah, like ever since the.
4: She breaks her leg, but they but these three women can see that Daryl's actions are affecting the town like that mm-hmm. too.
3: Yeah, so they <laughs> so for, they try and successfully to kind of break up with him. It doesn't work, so they're like, "Okay, we're going to go back to the house, trick him into thinking we're getting back together with him." And clearly, they just like bone all night because yeah. the next. The next morning, they send him out for bagels and ice cream.
0: <laughs> this movie, the climax of this movie, is a gay brunch.
2: Yeah, Everyone
0: <laughs> has fucked their ex the night before. They all knew they shouldn't do it. But they just had to do it one more time, get it out of their systems, and then they basically try to perform an exorcism. This is mm-hmm. like this is an advanced course when you get your gay master's degree. Yeah, you're like you're gonna fucking exit. You didn't mean to. <laughs> you just have to burn some pictures the next day, get some boys around you. It's it, it's basically in Hell's Kitchen on any given Sunday. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they are exorcising the demon from yeah. your system. This is true. <laughs> Yeah,
3: it's Palm Springs, uh, <laughs> in the dead of summer. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so they go to the house fully. They they do it. They all they all fuck him. I love. What, they have a big orgy. I love what
4: Cher walks out of the car wearing Alex's character oh. just owns this.
3: The lace. <laughs> this is the lace up no underwear skirt.
4: Like
1: it's like something it, that
4: that Cher would be wearing to the Grammys in eighty seven.
3: Yeah.
1: yeah. It yeah. is yeah. It is Bob Mackie share. Yeah. it is a hundred percent Bob Mackie share. <laughs>
4: yeah, but Alex just has this in her closet. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: So <laughs> sure. this town, ha- this town has a Fredericks of Hollywood, is what. This
3: is. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was thinking. Was it mail order? And maybe it's close enough to a big city.
0: <laughs> maybe Fidel whipped it up for her. There you go. Fidel
3: seems like a jack of all trades. Yeah, Fidel's making it happen. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, when he tells Fidel in the morning, he's like, "All right, we got to go into town. They have, they have a." craving for bagels and ice cream so i'm like does he know that they're knocked up do we know that all three of them are knocked up or did we just know that jane was
4: no all three of them because they knew. they all
1: say it in the they, we in all a know hospital point. Okay, yeah. okay yeah
3: so yeah so he says they have a craving for bagels and ice cream so i was like i wonder if he knows that they're pregnant hmm,
1: i, I mean he's the devil right he must know yeah
3: and again, that was what we find out is that was probably his intention, you know, to find these women to have his, his like mm-hmm. his concubines to propagate, as uh, as Felicia says. And so he goes into town to get bagels and ice cream, and it's like this huge ordeal. Yeah. <laughs> but what does he say when the guy when the guy says that he's uh, the the freezer's broken, and he goes, "Okay, I'll just take the bread and the, <laughs> the bread and the <laughs> newspaper, the bread and the fish."
0: the
4: bread and the
3: fish
0: and something about does pick up the proper amount of ice cream though like those two full tubs of (laughs) ice cream
3: (laughs) but something about referring to bagels as the bread is just wrong yeah yeah
1: do we think that's like a weird biblical
4: the
3: bread and the fish i
1: just I just need some loaves and some fish. Okay. Yeah, I mean,
4: probably. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I would love another ten-minute scene of him having to go shop to shop to get everything. Oh my god!
3: Store. Yeah, I loved it. I Be was like, like,
1: "Do you have uh, any sprinkles?" No. Okay, I'll go to next, I'll go next door. Next store. Thank you.
3: Yeah, I was thinking, like, why didn't they get more specific? He could have, if the freezer hadn't have broken, he would have been back like way earlier. They would have had to know yes. that the
4: freezer was broken, so he would have to go to multiple yeah stores.
3: Sure. Yeah, maybe. But Maybe um, they
0: broke the the freezer with the power of their the mind. The power of 3. Yeah, they used it again <laughs> to break the freezer.
3: <laughs> yeah, but this is when they 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 break into the the grim, grimoire grim, How do you pronounce that word?
1: I said grimoire,
3: grimoire. Yeah. And uh and start making this awesome voodoo doll full complete with a hard
4: dick. Yep. 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 <laughs>
1: Oh, I missed that. I think think that like,
4: that like (laughs) scandalized me when I, when I used to watch this. Yeah. You, we need to take a pause for you to go back. This (laughs) wax voodoo doll fully has
3: a hard dick. Yep. And it does not fall off after the dog. Like (laughs) it is there the entire. That dick is Stan. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Amazing.
1: Well, that's his best p- feature, right? I, so, yeah. Now, is the dick crooked? No, no,
3: it's
0: straight. Straight. <laughs> no. it, they answer none of those questions <laughs> that I had. With, the, with it would have been amazing if they could have had a scene of them being like, "No, it's more like it this." Curves like, this really way, trying to get the dick right,
1: <laughs> or if the dick is weirdly different for all of them.
3: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh man. Like, well, they
0: do gets... each have a different ideal dick.
1: Yeah. So he like, likes it big.
0: big. I yeah. mean, He's had six kids, so fair. <laughs> and then.
1: <laughs> you gotta have a tank going down that yeah <laughs> at this
3: point <laughs> anything less
1: and then Jane says she likes them really small which yeah. is the first time I've ever heard that any woman say that
3: <laughs> but she just says purely aesthetically she said she didn't want yeah. to look at it because it was too big
4: well her her ex-husband's dick was really big yeah that's what she said sometimes yeah. I just couldn't face it mm mm-hmm. yeah <laughs>
3: But she doesn't say, like, it hurt. She doesn't say anything like that. She's just like, I just didn't yeah. want to look at it. I just, I just didn't yeah. like looking at that. It's
0: just gross. I just couldn't take it all in at once.
3: Yeah. <laughs> and then Cher, surprisingly, is just like, ah, like get in the middle. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm. Either way. I mean, Suki
4: likes her a big dick. Yeah. yeah.
3: But, um, yeah, so they make this crazy voodoo doll. They start, like, pinning him, like, right in the middle of the ice so- cream shop
4: is the, I I mean, their idea is to cast him out. How is this voodoo doll supposed to get rid of him? Like, they're mainly just like, doing shit to him. Like, how do they cast him out of Eastwick altogether?
0: It feels like they needed to turn the page on the Grimoire to read the end of the spell. Like, it feels (laughs) like they only got, like, three cards the way through and they're like, we got this.
3: Yeah.
1: So I thought this movie was going to where they were just showing him the extent of their power, right? Be like you have to take us seriously. You need to leave. When we say leave, we mean it. Yeah. And we will we will fuck with you if you don't. So I but it didn't kind of go there. That's where, that's where I thought it was going. Yeah. And then it, it didn't go there. I think I that's like, the oh,
4: idea okay. of the scene. I think. Yeah, because when mm-hmm.
3: Suki Suki's afraid, like, oh, we don't want to kill him, and and then you know, Alex says we don't want to kill him. We just want to you know send him away or whatever so yeah i think that was maybe the intention but then when he finally does make it back to the house and we've got like this final showdown yeah it is kind of a weird
4: (laughs) showdown at the end yeah
1: do we think he just leaves of his own volition or do we think they somehow cast him out
4: i think they somehow cast him out when they throw it into the fire
0: i think somehow the destruction of the Buddha doll doll is meant Maybe that's supposed to be like they are so powerful. They were able to get so much of, so like, they were able to infuse the voodoo doll with so much power that they yeah. actually did have the power to cast him out by destroying it.
4: Yeah, I, don't know. I like that. I, I love all of their. I love what they're all doing as like busy work when they're yeah. in, they're in the TV room and Alex <laughs> is eating a banana and her, Jane is like fake reading a book, probably upside down. <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh, when he gets when he does get home, yeah, yeah. She, she's got this giant. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. um, yeah. So I mean, ultimately, well, this is when we do get the weird, crazy, like maybe CGI, possibly practical puppet of like disgusting Jack Nicholson. <laughs> yeah, it
0: it was weird. It, it looks like kind of like a dinosaur, like a Brontosaurus with Jack Nicholson's head on top of it.
4: Yeah, and then the weird like. Embryo creature, yeah. When that he turns it. into. Well,
0: it's
3: the the doll is melting, so I'm assuming mm-hmm. that's what we're looking at. Like his like, I mean, oh, essence, his makes... essence. I mean, this yeah. must have been yeah.
4: this must have been the compromise for John Peters' alien.
3: He got a creature. He got some mm-hmm. kind of a creature. Yeah, but then we we finally cut after after they do cast him out. We cut to what does it say? Like 13 months later or something. I don't know.
4: Yeah, eighteen months. Eighteen months later. So I guess that all of these women just now own this mansion. So I was, yeah. I how was they, like, I, they live there? I thought maybe, maybe Fidel's name is on the lease, or like is in the name of the house, and he's uh-huh. just letting them live there. That's
0: how I it. Yeah, that makes sense. That it, I it's think technically that's just Fidel's house. Island
1: that if you, if you, if you kick your boyfriend out, you get to keep his.
0: House. <laughs> <It's> a, <laughs> and, some
4: kind of weird community property law. <laughs> I it. It's okay. just like, in at the very bottom of the page, it's like, oh, and if the boyfriend is the devil, <laughs> yeah. you, you can live there for free. <laughs> <laughs> and hey, they're probably letting the snowy egrets
0: stay.
3: Yeah. You know? They seem to
0: be okay with the snowy egrets. <laughs> <laughs> Why was Jack Nicholson staying snowy egrets? Yeah. <laughs> did you notice that? <laughs> I did.
4: A weird Jack Nicholson line reading. Yeah. that Do no one... you
1: think he, they tried to tell him had to say it otherwise? Yeah. And he was like, no.
4: I was going to say the no the one. No one wanted to correct him on set. <laughs> he al-
3: he also uh, Jack Nicholson announced Charlize Theron's Oscar win. He had the envelope and mm-hmm. he opened the envelope and Charlize Theron won. And he had the envelope in his hand and he said, "And the Oscar goes to Charlize Theron." He said. He said <laughs> no. Th- Theron. So I'm thinking he just says it how he's going to say it. He really doesn't care. Yeah.
0: He was preparing us for Adele De Zine. Yeah. He was like, well, I was going to say you reach a certain level, we don't
4: he care was, anymore. He it. was preparing ourselves when he later read Crash, right? In Best Picture.
1: <laughs> it's like, no, sir, you mispronounced Capote. Yeah. yeah.
3: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh man. So yeah. So we they each have their little like. uh Daryl Osprey. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Antichrist, what the fuck? <laughs> and I mean, if uh, if American Horror Story has taught us anything, and it hasn't. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> it's that this is a real uh, nature versus nurture situation.
4: <laughs> yeah. I mean, maybe they will just be three fabulous warlocks... <laughs> that just like rule the East Coast. Sure, they run like yeah. bed and breakfasts down the coast. Possibly, they are my age. Yeah. If they were born they'd in eighty six, they'd be in yep. their
3: mid thirties now. Yeah, just ruling the roost over mm-hmm. there in uh, in Eastwick.
1: Are they the Hemsworths? Is this what we're saying? Possibly <laughs> the Hemsworth brothers.
4: <laughs> they later moved to
3: Australia. <laughs> <laughs> I like that they each have like they're all mirroring their mothers, and there uh, there's a A blonde, a brunette, and a redhead. Yes. (laughs) Even though Susan Sarandon started this movie definitely in the more Auburn family.
0: I think that was their attempt to, again, make her look like a single mother of six. They were like, (laughs) single mothers of six don't have blonde hair. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah,
1: I'm sorry. Can we cut real real fast? I just want to discuss the, the the cold sore.
0: Oh, yes. happened, right. We forgot what, the cold yeah.
1: sore. What happened with that? Do we think that like Michelle Pfeiffer legit had a cold sore? I think it looks real.
3: Okay, there's a sh- and I okay, I remembered the cold sore from like just knowing that it exists. And as I watched it last night, there's a shot with her and Clyde where right after when Cher says, Oh, is that Felicia and Clyde? And it's very early in the movie. And it's like, it's there, but it's not fully blown yet. So it's like, so if they just shot this out of continuity or whatever. So I was like, oh, maybe they're setting it up. Like it's there and it's growing and later on it'll be bigger. But then in other scenes, it's not there. So I don't know. Just brought up more questions. (laughs)
0: It was because I first noticed it in the scene when Daryl go- goes to Suki's to try to get her to take him back. Yeah, yep, me too. And it's kind of a dimly lit yep, scene, yep. and she comes to get the door, and I was like, oh, she has something on her face. I and I, I legit, like, did the work for the movie, and I was like, oh, she has six kids. I'm sure it's just, like, food And one of them, like, <laughs> threw at her.
1: I saw the same thing. I was like, maybe because she she's going through a breakup, maybe they're going to cut to her, like, just downing. Like- <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: And then the next scene, the next scene, he starts to affect her and put her in pain. And I'm like, okay, but I still, why does she still have that food on her face? I was like, oh, it's not food. It's a cold sore. It's a
3: cold sore.
4: (laughs) Yeah. Does he ever kiss her with it? Yes. Well, no, not with the the cold sore. He does kiss her right after she uh, gets better, but the cold sore is gone now. So weird. Yeah. The
1: cold sore is gone when she's in the hospital. When she's dying in the hospital, yeah. the, there's no cold sore.
4: No, okay. I so, think that okay, there is but a cold is- sore in the hospital.
0: There's a cold sore in the
4: hospital? Yeah.
1: yeah. Is?
4: Okay. Yeah. Too much. I mean, beautiful people like Michelle Pfeiffer. <laughs> they get HPV, too. <laughs> they get cold sores, too.
0: Stars are just like us. Yeah. <laughs> They're embarrassed to go to work because yeah. they have a gigantic cold sore and they have to do it anyway.
1: But if it And was, the director is an asshole and puts it in and the movie. leaves it in.
4: Uh, be, I'd be so pissed if I was Michelle. And yeah, that which makes
3: me think it has to be fake because wouldn't they at least try to cover it up with makeup? It would be all like bumpy, but still.
4: I think that George Miller just saw it and just said, let's just roll with it. She has a cold sore in this scene.
0: <laughs> Maybe she's so gorgeous that she's one of those beautiful people who's like, Oh, I have a cold sore. Put it in. Yeah, like, let, let sure. people see that I'm human. Like she, she mm-hmm. is, she is standing next to Susan Sarandon and Cher, who are two of the most beautiful women in the world, and it is just like no contest. Joel <laughs> so Piper is fucking gorgeous. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah, uh,
3: it's yeah. She she could have just been like, all right, let we're we're going with it. We're working with it. We're, we're yeah. We're letting it roll. I don't know. It's one of those like movie legends, but it's it's not anywhere in the IMDb trivia. No. Nobody ever there there has to be like a reddit thread about like what the fuck is that the deal with this cult. Story? <laughs> and if not, we're starting one today. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody jump on. <laughs> oh man, do we have any final thoughts to wrap up this movie?
4: I mean, my final thoughts is that I just <laughs> loved these women as a kid and I still love them now I mean, and yeah. it's just like and it's such an unusual movie to grow up on, but it's so iconic. Mm-hmm. I mean, nothing beats that shot of all three of them looking out the window in their silk PJs and their beautiful curly hair. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: What do you think this did to you, like, being, uh, like, a a moment in your childhood? Like, how how do you think you, like, relate to women differently because of which? I mean,
4: I can definitely get down on some girl talk. (laughs) Mm. (laughs) I've always been, like, a guy that secretly loves to, like, spend a night out with the gals. (laughs) <laughs> and yeah i think some of that comes down to this movie and that i just secretly always wanted to be invited to martini night on thursdays you
1: just, yeah you want to join the coven mm-hmm.
4: yeah <clears throat>
1: and just like that and just like all
4: children and gay boys and girls for that matter are just obsessed with witches too yeah <laughs> we all love that shit yeah
3: it's true yeah that's the thing it's like it's it's got witches in the name. It's this, like, supernatural, like, storyline, and there's, like, special effects and all this crazy stuff that kids love about movies, but it's not made for kids. So when you watch it as a kid, you're just like, yeah, I love that that has got, like you know, dark and stormy nights and there's like mm-hmm. demons and, you know, magic powers and all of that. But then like this crazy adult talk, you know, mm-hmm. and
4: adults situations. You're just like,
3: oh, I don't know if I should be watching this.
4: And kind yeah. of thinking about but how, I'm not turning it off. Yeah. Kind of thinking about how movies are made now. I mean It's kind of really hard to get three huge A listers together in a four. In four. Yeah. In a movie like this. Like you don't see that a lot. Yeah. Like you either have to shoot your Wad with one really famous one and then kind of budget out your other actors so you could afford your your movie star. But this movie just like it had them all. And you saw that a lot in movies at this time too. Yeah.
0: I almost feel like they don't make movie stars like they used to. No, no anymore. way. Yeah. Like, like I mean, I, I love like Emma Stone, right? Emma Stone is definitely a movie star. But maybe it's social media because you have so much access to them personally. Yes. Yeah. You feel know, like, like, like Michelle Pfeiffer, share. they were like unknowable. They yeah. were like royalty. You would see like, you would see
4: share like, in issues of like the Inquirer, But yeah. that was it. And That's just shares very local, like her very, uh public dating life. Also, 1987 was a very good year for Cher because this is the year that she won the Oscar and she was dating the Bagel Boy.
0: Bagel Boy! (laughs) (laughs) So it's like... Maybe that's why she sent him out for bagels in the movie. So it's like,
4: you cannot touch... (laughs) the director. You cannot touch late 80s Cher. I found someone like you. So good. Hmm. Yeah.
1: If they were to make this movie today, like, who would be our three? Who would be the three women? Oh. Oh... Yeah, I, I think Emma Stone would actually kill as like. I Jane. think Emma
0: Stone would actually be good as Jane. Yeah, I agree. It or would could... be it would be fun to see Kate Hudson
4: as in the oh, Sarandon so, so role.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah,
4: our, our Sookie, yep. Yeah.
0: Rose Byrne could kind of be Alex.
4: Yes, I could see that. Oh
0: my god! Yes. Yeah. Or even better, like like Jodie Turner Smith from Queen and Slim.
4: Oh yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. True.
3: I'm gonna. I'm just gonna be. I'm just gonna be my the basic bitch and say Lady Gaga should be. Wait, Alex.
0: <laughs> are you guys living on Planet Chromatica? Oh my goodness,
3: we <laughs> are. Good. We got our passports.
4: Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> we are naturalized citizens. We may have. <laughs> we may have missed the Gaga Vegas concert this month, but I'm living for that album, though. Yeah, yeah. Our,
3: our our tickets for our Gaga residency were canceled, but you know, no. someday. But yeah, we're fully we're fully uh, naturalized citizens of Chromatica. <laughs> Gaga needs
4: like a Witches of Eastwick concept video or something. I mean, she could do it. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> she would do well to follow, like, kind of shares footsteps. Like, she has a really, um, uh, like, critically lauded performance now. Yes. Yeah. And if she could find a movie kind of like this, where it's. Going to get good reviews, but it's also not going to be super self serious. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think that would be a really good next project for her.
4: I mean, we were talking about the career of Cher, and that people kind of forget, or like if you're comparing her to Madonna, and I really hate to pit them together, but Cher saw the type of success that Madonna never had, Mm -hmm. which was really like hitting it big in movies, winning the fucking Oscar, and being like a critical darling for it. Like Madonna sort of got there, but it didn't quite. All quite come together.
0: But you know what's weird? I almost feel like Madonna is still more respected than Cher is.
3: Yeah, Cher, Mm -hmm. I feel like could be seen as a little bit more like fluky as far as her like acting career. Yeah.
1: Which is bonkers because she's actually, I think she's an amazing actress. Yeah, Yeah,
4: she's good. Yeah.
1: Yeah, This is controversial. I think she's a better actress than she is a singer.
0: I agree. (sighs) What? what?
1: <laughs> should I? Do you just want to cut my mic? No, off? no, no, no. <laughs> no. I mean,
0: <laughs> her, cut your throat. Her,
4: <laughs> I mean, she is the best part about burlesque. Oh,
0: uh, her and Kristen Bell. Kristen Bell know. knows exactly what Nikki movie she don't does. drive. Yes, I, Nikki.
1: I do love Alan coming in burlesque.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, if shares uh, or shares singing is very specific. And it's almost become yeah. like a parody of itself, you know. So yeah. whereas her acting is just so natural and just like, yeah, I yeah. agree. But I mean, her singing's amazing, though. Too we can watch. We can watch <laughs> share videos on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, both excellent. excellent. <laughs> both excellent. Yeah.
0: yeah, indeed.
3: Well, do you two have any final thoughts on the Witches of Eastwick as we wrap up our, our little show? How do you think? How do you
4: think the Witches of Eastwick age? Kind of tying yeah. tying it back oh. into your show.
1: Oh. oh, that's interesting. Um, no people of color. That's a problem. Uh, yeah.
4: Okay. Yes. There's some... I know
1: it takes place in it's Rhode, Rhode Island. Island. I
4: think that there's like a black extra or two, but that's about it. This is a pretty white town yeah. of Rhode Island. They're
0: even trying to save snowy egrets. Like they're even. <laughs> yeah.
4: That's like the whitest cause ever. <laughs> Why are they got to be snowy?
0: <laughs> um, but like the three female roles were great. Like they're they're pretty they're they're distinct yeah and being performed wonderfully
1: it, weirdly I don't know if it passes the Bechtel test though <laughs> they're always, always talking, talking about, about a
4: man yeah yeah
1: so I don't know I I'm okay with it in this context but mm-hmm. it, but I just want to point it out I don't think it passes the Bechtel test I'd probably give it like a seven out of ten sure for aging well
0: okay uh, yeah I, I i was thinking like i would give it a seven a, a seven out of ten um gay exorcisms or something <laughs> like that <I would.
1: laughs> seven out of ten flowy white satin nightgowns that you can run through a mansion hallway
0: seven <laughs> out of ten dick spending the wrong <laughs> and they're like and, and they're attempting
4: to take down the patriarchy with yeah. this like voodoo doll too which is kind of cool
0: Yeah. And I mean, look, there's no way that those women weren't fucking each other during that. It wasn't (laughs) wasn't, like two were waiting for Daryl's attention. So there's some good bisexual representation. Yes, indeed.
1: I I honestly think if they made it today that they would they would hit on that harder. Like Alex would become Alex would be like would realize that she's gay. Yeah. Or or that or that she's bisexual. Yeah. Yeah.
3: They'd have to. They couldn't just leave it. Yeah. uh,
0: Unaddressed for sure.
4: Oh, my goodness. This was a lot of fun. Yeah.
3: This
0: was so fun. Thank you for
4: having us. Oh, you're welcome. We uh, Pre-coronavirus, we were supposed to do this with Paul in person,
0: but we'll have to save that
4: for another time. Yeah, indeed.
0: (gasps) Had to cancel that that flight to LA. (laughs)
3: Yeah, this was so much fun. Thank you so much for coming on our show. Why don't you talk a little bit about how our listeners can find y'all, social media, where they can find your show.
0: Oh, uh, so we uh, our podcast is called That Aged Well. Uh, we talk about movies from the eighties and nineties and about how they've aged. We talk about their uh, rampant uh, homophobia and sexism <laughs> and racism, and, but we make it funny.
1: Make it fun. Well, yes. we also talk about like how we grew up watching that stuff and like how that kind of like worked its way into our psyches. Yes. Yeah,
0: so you can find us uh, That Aged Well on any anywhere you get your podcasts, or you can follow us on social media. We're That Aged Well on Instagram. That age well pod on Twitter. And that's us. Please come listen. We have fun. I was just listening awesome. to True
4: Beverly Hills Today in My Walk.
0: Ah, love it. Iconic. Nepler. Iconic. Phyllis. Neckler.
4: Phyllis. Oh, she's icon. That was our second episode of the that show. That was our
3: second episode. Mm-hmm. Love that wow. movie so much. Well, uh, listeners, we would love it if you would rate and review. And follow our podcast. You can find us on social media. We're at Movies That Made Us Gay on Facebook and Instagram. And at Pod on Twitter. We'd love it if you go and rate us. Give us
4: five stars.
3: Five stars. Give us five stars. Get up that rating. iTunes. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. We will see you soon. Bye-bye. Bye.